From the Freedom HealthWorks Network, this is Healthcare Americana. Today's guest is Jason Rutz, Partnership and Outreach Director for Freedom HealthWorks. Just recently, we had a meeting that was coordinated with a benefits consultant with a couple of employers on in Evansville. They were looking at a nearside clinic. Talking about nearside and onsite clinics, those are available to only employees of the companies or maybe their families too. But when we talked about direct primary care, direct primary care is open to anybody. It's open to the public as well as employees. So their feedback on it was, this is a pretty big benefit to the community if we did this. Looking at DPC and the fact that maybe they would help jumpstart four or five DPC physicians and practices in the area. You know, it's an asset to their community and they're helping launch it with their employee base. And now, here's your Healthcare Americana host, Christopher Habig. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Healthcare Americana, the podcast getting into the details of what healthcare really means. Joining us today is a repeat offender, Jason Rutz, Partnership and Outreach Director with Freedom HealthWorks. Welcome back. Thanks. It's like that into repeat offender, okay? So not your first rodeo. So we're going to expect a lot of big things from you today. Um, today's episode is going to center around alternative employee benefits using our favorite subject, our favorite benefit, direct primary care. Now, the reason why I asked you back, Jason, this is in your wheelhouse. This is, this is the majority of your waking hours the past year, year and a half. So wanted to get out and see what you're see what you're experiencing in the market. You're talking to small businesses, medium businesses, large businesses. You're talking to um, health insurance brokers, benefits advisors, TPAs, um, the alphabet soup of the insurance industry. So wanted to get your take on exactly what's going on. And then um, as we get later in our discussion, uh, what can companies do um, that are looking for some type of relief from increased premiums and expensive plans that nobody uses, nobody appreciates, and nobody really knows what's going on and implement something like a DPC membership for their people that uh, is tangible, that they appreciate, and they're actually able to use for them and their family. So with that, let's dive right in again and say, you know, what... Um, what was it that you see with employers and when you talk to them that stands out as a struggle when trying to think about their benefits and what their people actually want? Well, I, 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 I'm going to rephrase that question a little bit. Like, how, how, how did I find the link between DPC and the employer space? And so, you know, I can't take I can't take full credit for that because there's a lot lot of emphasis on uh you know, prior to me or us, I guess, entering DPC on being able to extend this to uh, employers, their employees, integrate that to into their employee benefits programs or into health insurance. And so, but we took a little bit different angle on it. So, you know, the emphasis happened. There are other companies out there that were, you know, uh, I, guess, I guess they they are considered onsite nearsite uh, clinic providers, and so they would build clinics. Uh, as a home for their employee for the, that company's employees to uh, solve that access problem, make primary care more of a fixed cost, and uh, you know really started kind of on the on-site side. You had these you had pioneering companies out there that said, "Well, we'll just uh, we'll just build a clinic on uh, you know on-site, and, and having access to primary care will redu- you know inherently reduce cost for those employees. It's controllable. It's a little bit more controllable. Yeah. yeah. But, and so that kind of morphed into near sites. So they said, well, you know, that's for large employers, maybe a thousand employees or, or, or above. 
What about if we built clinics and had multiple employers that had access to these and we shared these clinics with other employers? The clinics are essentially only set up for employees of companies. So it's not open to like retail consumers. And so that, that, that was kind of the precedent for it. And then within the DPC space, I mean, there were some really uh, pioneering individuals on the on kind of the benefit side that were kind of tying this together and figuring out different approaches to take with employers where direct primary care was just was part of their strategy. Now, there were other strategies that were included in that, but direct primary care was kind of part of it and a, and a big portion of that. So that's where we kind of link the two, you know, both the, the practices and the employer side, because we're always looking for patients to help bring out more doctors into DPC. And, um, and that was a, you know, a way that we can kind of uh, a cause that we can get behind, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you touched upon the nearsight uh, onsite clinics and, and all the benefits they were able to bring for uh, workforces. But like you said, there's inherently some companies out there that are too small to put any type of clinic on um, on site or some type of different type of benefit structure. So, you know, what we're saying is the DPC could be perfect fit for some of those small and medium sized companies because you get a known doctor for your employees. You can use that at any point in time. A lot of telehealth benefits. And then, like you said right there, family comes into, comes into play. Um, when an employee is the only person who can use a clinic, there's already negative things to start building around that too. What do you mean by family, I guess? Like if you're an employee and you have an on-site nearsite clinic, you're really the one who's able to access that. Well, I mean, those will, they'll, they'll typically extend uh, access to that clinic for the family members as well. Good. Good. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit more about some of, some of the differences that you see in the industry of these nearsite onsite clinics versus a direct primary care type of employer benefit. Yeah. So I, you know, I was, when I, when we talk about this, we always think, well, the onsite nearsite models are a step in the right direction, but we're another step beyond that. You touched on a couple of things, flexibility. So being a little bit more accessible to smaller companies, those companies are not typically in metropolitan areas. So you have to think about rural areas too. Sometimes you don't have the, the patient lives to be able to, you know, for the, some of these companies to go out and create a nearsight clinic, you have to have a lot of, a lot of lives to be able to launch that. And there's a considerable expense to be able to build a clinic. Mm-hmm. So there's ability that we can reach because we're extremely flexible and adaptable to different situations. So DPC just as a whole, you know, you see practices that are sprouting up in New York City and Chicago and more metropolitan areas. And you see practices that are in really uh, you know, low income rural communities. They, they can succeed wherever they're at. And actually, if you look at the ones here in Indiana, the ones that succeed or have succeeded uh, historically have been the ones that are in smaller areas, but the physicians have been part of that community for a long time. So it's mm-hmm. like a, it's like a big fish in a small pond type of scenario that seems to work well for these DPCs. Mm-hmm. So it's almost going back to the relationship theme that we like to touch upon there. Right. And a lot of times, you know, I'm glad you brought up rural health because a lot of times rural and even urban communities are totally without healthcare options. And so what a DPC clinic, if I'm hearing you right, in a DPC clinic in a rural area mm-hmm. can add a lot of value to small towns or impoverished areas because these physicians are able to price to the local population, the local socioeconomic right. population. And if there is one major employer in a small town, which here in Indiana, especially uh, with our manufacturing routes, we see that quite a lot. 
So what type of companies are you seeing in your conversations out there that are really looking at this type of a DPC benefit for their employees? Yeah, I mean, really, it's any company that's struggling with their health costs, which is every company in the, on the face of the earth, essentially. Well, I guess within the United States. But um, just recently, this is kind of an eye-opener for me, but uh, we had a meeting that was coordinated with the benefits consultant down in, uh, with, with a couple of employers down in Evansville or just on the other side of the river, Henderson, Kentucky. And so they were looking at a nearside clinic and neither of which, well, one employer was a little bit more well-versed in direct primary care than the other. But, you know, we had our opportunity to explain what direct primary care is and you know, talking about nearside and onsite clinics, those are available to only employees of the companies or maybe their families too. What direct primary care is, it's open to anybody. Uh, it's open to the public, the, re- the retail consumers of, of healthcare, as well as employers. But when we talked about direct primary care, this is a company, maybe 1,500, 2,000 employees total and possibly even more in the area. It's a pretty good sized company. Then. Yeah, I mean, it would give the opportunity to four or five physicians in the area to be able to go into direct primary care. And, ha- and be able to launch a practice and uh, kind of jumpstart that practice for them. So, it, you know, on the flip side, it gives physicians a really good opportunity to, to practice how they want. But, you know, their feedback on it was, well, you know, looking at DPC and the fact that maybe they would, they would help jumpstart four or five DPC physicians and practices in the area. You know, they looked at it and said, well, actually, this is a pretty big benefit to the community if we, right. if we did this. Huge benefit. Yeah, yeah. it's a huge benefit. Because now the general population has access to it. So that's something, especially in rural areas, something I didn't think about. But the, you know, the, these employers said it. You know, it's an asset to their community and they're helping launch it by jumpstarting it with their, with their employee base. Yeah, and that's, that's a pretty powerful statement too because there's so much more benefit and it kind of spills over. And that's the conversation that you had of, hey, this isn't just going to affect people here and the families that we have as part of our company, mm-hmm. but to make an impact, be an employer and make an impact in your local community. I mean, that's huge. We hear a lot today about um, being a, a social company, you know, your social responsibility to the local cities, towns that you're in. Mm-hmm. This is a huge way for a company to even give back to the local uh, community and the local population to bring in real actual healthcare options where many times there are none mm-hmm. in these type of small towns. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a huge ancillary benefit on top of all the cool things that a DPC physician would be able to do for a company's employees. So I know you've had, you've had some focus group conversations. You've talked to different employees and floated the idea of, Hey, will this be something you guys are interested in? And uh, what was their reaction to those conversations? Well, I mean, it's all positive. There hasn't been any negative reaction to something like this. It's just whether or not it's the right fit. Direct primary care is a fairly new concept. So there's, you know, there's some unknowns, I guess, with, you know, finding the physicians and building out the network and, and uh, that sort of thing. But from the physician then, I mean, it's a great, again, I mentioned this before, but it's a great opportunity for physicians to launch in a DPC where we're creating demand centers in certain geographical locations for doctors to be able to fill that void and be able to practice in a direct primary care manner and to be able to own their practice and run the practice and practice how they want and have and lead better lives as physicians. And it's really, it's truly a win-win. But going back to, we talked about kind of the nearsight clinics and they're kind of the step in the right direction. And so we go, and I say we as in the direct primary care movement and Freedom Health Works, but we go in a 
we take another step in the right direction. So we go beyond what the nearsight onsite clinics do. And like I mentioned before, I don't know if I mentioned on, on this, on this uh, episode or the last episode, but you know, we obviously solve the access problem. That's an easier thing to solve. But then when we go beyond, we solve the relationship and trust problem mm-hmm. because people don't have trust in, in the healthcare system. And that kind of maybe taints their experience with their doctor because their doctor is part of the healthcare system. People don't trust their doctors. And it creates barriers too of not seeking out care when they need it. Well, yeah. I mean, they don't know, like they don't know what the cost is going to be when they go to the right. doctor, but, and the doctor's not, you know, not able to give them the time that they need. So they feel like they're rushed. Probably I, w- I would guess I don't have the statistics in front of me, but most people probably have a really bad experience with their doctor because there's no trust. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no time. There's no trust. There's no relationship, but we solve that. And I'm not going to go, I'm not really going to go into details about it. Just listen to the last episode, but you know, we solve the relationship piece of it. So if you look at DPC as a cost containment or a cost re- reduction measurement, and that can happen in a lot of different ways. It's, you know, access can solve that because maybe you don't have to go to urgent care or ER, but then the relationship piece could really help people with chronic conditions because it's, it's more of a team approach. It's more of a, you know, the, the doctors, I guess, your partner in health. Mm-hmm. And so they're the one guiding you and holding you accountable and all those things that can't necessarily happen. And, and even in the nearsight model, because you don't typically have a relationship with that provider and I see provider because it could be doctor or NP or PA or whoever it is. You may see a different person every time. You just don't know who it is. Right. With DPC, you're providing, you have kind of a menu of doctors and you're, you're saying, I want to link with that doctor specifically. Throughout that membership, you have access to that physician, whether it's going to the office, whether it's after hours care, whether it's video visits, whether it's just messaging, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking to the same person. So they know you really well and you know them very well. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned something very important there. You have a choice. Ideally, you have a choice of what physician you want to join, not just go downstairs to the clinic office and whoever's on staff is going to be able to see you. Yeah, it's not a one size, you know, healthcare is not a one size fits all thing, especially with primary care. Some people are looking for female doctors, male doctors, DOs, MDs, uh, internists. There's a lot of functional medicine. Yeah, a lot of maybe maybe practices that have a more of a Christ centered approach. Maybe mental health. You know, we have physicians that are interested in, in taking a very mental health approach to their primary care practice. I mean, there's so many combinations, you know, as long as there's kind of a continuity between the practices as far as what they offer, as far as primary care, above and beyond that, you'll see practices morph in all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. To me, that's exciting because I don't want to see the same physician. I don't want to see the same brand. I don't, you know, we're not creating clinics that are the exact same thing. You know, you're not going to get the exact same experience. You may get the same amount of service, but you may not get the same experience, but people aren't looking for the same experience. They're looking for the right experience for them. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of variation within primary care, just as you said. So this whole notion that, well, I can pick from just a list of doctor's names and they're all going to walk in and they're going to wear a white coat and they're going to be late and they're going to be rushed. And it's all the same, no matter who I go to. I mean, that is patently false because each one of these physicians has a different type of care philosophy, a different motivation for being a doctor, a different way of doing things. And like you said, to be able to find a fit is going to be more important in prolonging great care and building a great relationship with a physician. Well, I'm going to push back on that just a little bit because I think it's important. But typically our doctors all have the same motivation. And the motivation is to provide care for their patients on top of everything else. And so all of our doctors that we've worked with and hopefully all the doctors we work with in the future should have that, you know, 
that same approach works really well with us working with them on DPC and the DPC becomes successful because of that approach. But that that's kind of the same when you have doctors that are looking for, you know, at DPC as a money-making opportunity for them, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. It really does not work. So these are all physicians that we work with that all have the right motivation and the right reasoning to go into DPC in the first place. Yeah, that was well said. A, a physician doesn't go into DPC without being there to care for the people that depend on them. When I said motivate, difference in motivations, more of like a um, a dial-a-doc. I think I used that term before. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody who is just in there to... You know, yeah. these numbers, productivity numbers, RVUs, somebody who is just on the wheel and saying, I'm either burnt out, I don't enjoy medicine anymore. And that's scary from a patient care standpoint, let alone potential downstream costs for an employer. Say if you're a self-funded employer, I mean, there's a lot of bad things that can happen, very expensive things sure. too. Sure. So let me, let me ask, this is relatively new trend happening in benefits. What do you think took so long for this type of a trend to start to gain traction? Well, I don't know if I don't know if it took long or it's just going slowly. I mean, um, healthcare is just a weird thing um, where there's people have uh, almost like allegiance to something they hate. It's like Stockholm syndrome, <laughs> I guess. Wow. Yeah. Well, that, I, I mean, I get it. I get it. You know, like Blue Cross Blue Shield is very important to uh, an employer, but they hate it. <laughs> well, it keeps it, going up each year. Yeah. It's a you know, it's a it's just a weird dynamic. But I think there's a there's almost like a um, there's almost like a status quo type of thinking. Well, we have to match what everyone else does, and everyone else uh, they may not understand their health plan, but it's as long as it has Blue Cross Blue Shield on the on the card, they're not going to risk disrupting their employees' lives. Or maybe they're maybe they're scared of making a dramatic change because it does have a lot of you know benefits programs have a lot of impact sure. on hiring and staffing and retainment of their employees mm-hmm. and. All kinds of stuff. So there's a there's a lot riding on it, but there's a lot riding financially for the companies too. So eventually, um, there'll be enough pain and enough and a precedent for employers going this route and knowing it's not a scary thing. Mm-hmm. And I think we're not far from that happening, where employers say that they had enough and they and they really start taking charge of their health plan because there's a lot of different options that they can do. There's a lot of you know, you almost have to like burn the book on employee benefits and start from scratch. Start over. There's a, there's a steep learning curve too. I mean, I, I deal with this a lot and I still don't know all the, all the pieces to right. it. So, uh, you know, I think number one, it requires you to, you know, for employers to really link up with someone that knows what they're talking about and that knows how to structure something. Because if it, if it all works out, it's a huge money saver for, for an employer. I mean, massive, like hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars, depending on how the size of the employer. But again, you, you have to look at, the fear of disruption because, you know, I think a lot of employers really care about their employees mm-hmm. and you may have an employee that is on this medication and they're used to paying the, you know, the cost of it through insurance. And then, you know, and then saying, well, I'm going to burn the book on my health plan and starting from scratch. Well, how is that going to disrupt that person? Mm-hmm. I'm really concerned about the cost of that prescription moving to this new method. So there's a lot of complexities, I think with it, it's not an easy thing. You know, it's not, when we think of it, it may be simple in our minds, but to them, it's extremely complex. There's a lot of lot of things riding on it. It's very it's very personal uh, going down to the employee level. Oh, sure. And like you said, if there's anything that affects um, any type of health uh, plans or anything, um, like you mentioned, expensive prescriptions, I mean, that has a, a level of uncertainty with it. Right. But it kind of leads me into my next question for you. 
is, you know, what has to happen for this trend to continue? You said it was a little slow. It's picking up. What supercharges that trend? Well, I mean, if I knew the answer to it, I, you know, I can speculate on what it is, but <laughs> use your um, crystal ball. Yeah. Right. You know, I just think it's going to take some time and some precedent and to get everyone on the same page. You know, there's certain organizations that are leading the charge in this and help. It's an, there's an education piece. It's like us. If we had to go out and we had to sell DPC to every consumer, mm-hmm. you only bite off a little bit at a time. We can't just go out there and just shout it out and get to everyone. That's the same, the same thing. It's what, what's happening on the employer side. You kind of have to like bite it off in small chunks and then more and more employers would see what's happening within the marketplace so that, you know, they do talk to each other mm-hmm. and then change will happen. And then you have to get the benefits consultants on the same page too, because they're not always in alignment with these strategies because these are cost saving measures. Ho- hopefully my house won't be egged for this, but you know, the benefits consultants in most cases are paid on premium amounts. So they want that premium to go up. Mm-hmm. It's like that fine line. They want the premium to go up without their clients dropping them. But it, you know, if you stay within the, the Bucas, the Blue Cross Blue Shield, the Anthem, United Healthcare's of the world, the Humana's, there's no risk of that because it's, it's all the same. Humana's not going to offer anything different than United. It's all the same doctors. It doesn't matter. So you got to get everyone on the same page and thinking together. And, and I think that's going to be more driven by the employers than anything. They have to be the one kind of driving the ship on this. And then everything else will uh, align after that. Yeah, it's kind of that finely, finely tuned orchestra, finely tuned dance, uh, as you said. So where are you seeing a lot of these trends happening? Is this a localized? Is it regional? Is it a national trend? Where are you seeing these things yeah, pop up? No, I mean, it's very sporadic. Um, you'll see places like uh, you know certain areas of Nebraska. You see areas on the East Coast. It really is driven by the benefits consultant. Uh, you know, if they're going out there, if you have the one that's really aligned with these strategies and they're going out there and they're, they're talking to businesses and they're having to do a lot of marketing and marketing themselves and marketing the approach, that's where you'll see pockets of, of this stuff happening. And even in areas where, like in Charlotte, North Carolina, for example, there seems to be a, you know, some, some things that are happening, but mm-hmm. it's going to be slow until something lights a fire under these employers to say, you know, I, enough's enough. And alternate strategies going outside Blue Cross Blue Shield is not scary. Um, we can make this work and we can save some money. And, mm-hmm. and it's not just a money saving thing, but it's kind of amazing. And I don't want to get into details about it. But, you know, when you when you create a, a blank slate healthcare program for an employee under the kind of this new way of thinking, it's extremely beneficial to an employee. I mean, in a lot of cases, they don't even have deductibles anymore. Mm-hmm. They have access to a DPC doctor. They, they, they don't pay anything when they go see a doctor. They get to choose the doctor that they want to link with. I mean, from their perspective, it's incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. So as a parting thought, give the quick 30-second, 60-second elevator speech of all the benefits to an employee, to a patient, and why employers should do this type of program. Yeah, I mean, from a DPC perspective, it's really enhancing benefits plus you know, lowering costs on all sides because it eliminates costs, eliminates deductibles, co-pays when they go see a doctor, they have access to low-cost labs, they build strong relationships and have extremely good access to their physicians now for themselves and their families. From the employer standpoint, it's just another mechanism to really drastically reduce the cost of, of their care because DPC eliminates, it's been proven to eliminate those more expensive things down the line. So ER visits, hospitalizations, surgery, specialist visits, all those things, DPC takes care of because you're kind of unlocking the potential of a, of a primary care doc. 
it's like, oh, now, you know, now the primary care docs can do all these things that they couldn't do before. And so that's kind of sums it up. It's, mm-hmm. it's all those things kind of wrapped into one. And uh, again, it's a powerful, powerful tool. It is powerful. And that's a great word choice for it. I appreciate you coming back and, and talking a little bit more about this. Um, for all the listeners out there, how can they learn more information about employer programs uh, within Freedom Health Works or within the, the greater market? Yeah, I, I would say it's all regional. So, you know, if you're an employer out there or someone that's very interested in offering this to your employees, contact me. I can I can uh, send you in the right direction. Another another good source would be healthrosetta.org, which is a nonprofit group that is really geared towards helping employers, uh, helping guide them through this and linking them with a benefits consultant that kind of makes sense. And that's a good resource as well. But, you know, more than happy to help talk to any employers and steer them in the right direction on this. How do you want people to contact you? Yeah, they can call us at Freedom HealthWorks. They can also email me. Uh, my email address is jrutz at freedomhealthworks.com. Uh, my cell phone is 317-496-5344. Call me directly, and I'm happy to steer them in the right direction. Well, there you go. And Freedom HealthWorks corporate number is 317-804-1203. Call, text, email Mr. Jason Rutz for any information on employer benefits and how to incorporate some type of a DPC model. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Healthcare Americana. As always, for more information about direct primary care, visit freedomhealthworks.com and download all of our episodes of Healthcare Americana uh, on our brand new website at healthcareamericana.com. Remember to subscribe and share your episodes with all your friends and family. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Healthcare Americana. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprouts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podchaser, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And tell your friends and colleagues to download and listen to all Healthcare Americana shows at freedomhealthworks.com. 